This very day, you can be at home in the fellowship of your Heavenly Father as you learn the secret of the easy yoke, how to effortlessly do what it is that Jesus would do if he were in your place or my place. And we're learning this together as we do one thing, and that is to try to arrange our lives around those practices and rhythms that Jesus himself engaged in so that he could be from one moment to the next, whatever was going on externally at home, deeply in his mind and soul, in the presence of the Father who loved him. Let me start today by asking you a question. If somebody were to say to you, I think you need to be more humble, what would you do? How do you become more humble? Well, you certainly don't do it by trying really, really hard to be more humble. One of the hard things about that is if you try to be humble, then the next thought that will come to you is, man, look at me being humble. And then you're not humble anymore. Uh, an old joke among folks who will teach on spiritual life will be that they're going to write a book called Humility and How I Achieved It. And yet we all know humility is a good thing and it would be good to grow in it. Well, this brings us to a central dynamic, a foundational truth that we're experiencing all through this journey together. And that is the principle of indirection that generally um, the easy yoke involves not trying really, really hard to be more joyful or be more patient or be more humble, to arrange our lives around those activities through which we receive the power to be changed, to be different. And the primary practice that helps people grow in a quality like humility is what we're going to look at today, and it is the practice of service. What is it? In service, Dallas Willard writes, we engage our goods and strength in the active promotion of the good of others and the causes of God in our world. Now, this brings up an important distinction that Dallas mentions in this particular case. Not every act that may be done as a discipline needs to be done as a discipline. In other words, if I'm doing something as a discipline, I'm doing as a means to an end so that through it I can receive the power to become a different kind of person. Um, however, often I'll be able to serve somebody simply as an act of love and righteousness without regard to I want to be doing this so that it changes me. I'm simply doing it to help them. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. And it may incidentally strengthen me spiritually as well. So there are practices like serving that we do um, not just because they function as a spiritual discipline, but what we're talking about today in particular is I may well want to engage in the practice of serving because I need training away from arrogance and pride and self-preoccupation uh, and envy and resentment or covening other people or being possessive. Then service is done as a discipline for the spiritual life and character change. Such discipline is very necessary for Christians who find themselves, as most of us by necessary must, in the lower positions in society at work and the church. It alone can train us in habits of loving service to others and free us from resentment, enabling us in faith to enjoy our position. A little bit paradoxically, actually, if I'm in a lower position, then to engage in the practice of service and remember, as Paul said, I'm doing this because ultimately, the one that I'm serving is Jesus, and to do it with a whole heart, not what he calls eye service for what he calls men-pleasing, 
but just because I'm able to try to give myself to this and do it as well as I can as God is helping me. That brings about that kind of freedom from arrogance and a lack of humility that I want. Dallas goes on, Can this be applied by the mother of six who must leave her little children uncared for in a derelict neighborhood to support them by scrubbing office floors at night? Can it be applied by the refugee from Central America who pushes his ice cream cart around the neighborhood ringing his bell? Yes, it can. If they have heard and received from the heart the gospel of the kingdom of God, although this truth provides not the least shadow of an excuse for others failing to do all they reasonably can to help such. And truly, it must be so applied by them, for they are where they, need, that way they are, and God has yet to bless anyone except where they are. Dallas goes on to say he thinks that the discipline of service is even more needed to people who find themselves in positions of power and can get used to being served. And we remember how central service was to the person of Jesus who said that he, being the Son of God, having all power, came not to be served. That's what we think power is about, but to serve and to offer his life a sacrifice for many. So service is in many, many ways the golden key, the golden ticket of the kingdom. And if we're going to follow Jesus, it will be a central part of our life. How do we do that? Well, a very simple way from one moment to the next is look around you at what needs to be done that nobody else is doing and doing it. When our kids were quite small and I knew how much work I needed in this area, I would try to take one day a week, usually it was the day that I wasn't going into work, and make it a day of serving. And just try to say, I will have no agenda today. I want to be available to do the dishes or give a bath or run an errand or whatever it is that needs to be done. What was very striking to me when I would try to do that was how quickly my ego, my will would think of something that I wanted to do. I want to go here to eat. I want to do this activity next. I want to have time for this. I want to get this little bit of work done sneakily. Um, how my uh, habitual patterns, reflexes, desires were just around me and what I wanted. And having a day that was set aside to be a day of service helped me see this more clearly. Um, it's an interesting thing. There's a movie that you may have seen called Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And it, as many, many movies, many stories are, is really a story of transformation, character formation or spiritual formation. In this case, it takes place on Groundhog's Day, um, not many movies about that. We actually had one of our kids born on Groundhog's Day. I joked to my wife that if this child came out of the womb and saw their shadow, they would go back in for six more weeks of pregnancy. She didn't think that was funny at all, and she was the class comedian, but I digress. In Groundhog's Day, the primary character, the Bill Murray character, initially is very arrogant, and he can't get out of Groundhog's Day. Every day is Groundhog's Day. So he decides for a while he'd devote his life, since there's no consequences, to just the pursuit of selfish pleasure. Eat what he wants to eat, uh, have whatever kind of pleasure he wants to have, drink what he wants to drink, do what he wants to do. But ultimately, this way leads to despair. We know this is true. Even if people don't believe the Bible, we know it. And so eventually what happens to him is he realizes the only real way to life is to serve others. And we see this one day when he brings coffee and um, Danish to the, his co-workers. 
and they delight in that and there's a kind of satisfaction that grows in him and then if you ever watch this movie this is what happens this is his salvation this is his character transformation there's an old man who's begging on the street and he helps that old man and there's some old ladies driving a car and he ends up changing their tire every day there's a guy choking to death in a restaurant he does the Heimlich for him there's a couple where the wife is getting cold feet and he gives them wise counsel he pours out his life in service. Bill Murray, for crying out loud, on Groundhog's Day. And there is salvation and there is joy. So this is uh, how we practice the gift of servanthood. Look around. What needs to be done today? You can do this in small ways. For example, set an intention just for today. The next time you get interrupted, don't resent it. Don't sigh. Don't communicate with your body language. I don't have time for this. Actually embrace that. You know, a good deal of Jesus's ministries was just interruptions from the blind or the leper or the tax collector or the prostitute that intercepted his path. Today, be open to that interruption and ask, how can I help? Um, today, look for a chore to do. Here in the cabana, there were some sink in the dishes when I came home one day last week. And my initial thought was, I didn't use these dishes. I shouldn't have to wash them. I don't think that thought was probably from God. The next thought that came was, you know what? We've been married for 40 years now. If I were to wash the dishes after every meal for whatever number of years we have left, I would not catch up to how many times I have had dishes washed for me. And don't I want to be the kind of person who wants to do stuff like that and does it with a glad heart? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But no, I don't. And so the discipline of service helps me become that kind of person. Notice somebody. This is what happened in Groundhog's Day. What they like, what they want, what they need, a comment that you can make, a cup of coffee that you can bring to them. How can I make their life a little different? Look for a person whose life is particularly different, and ask, how can you ease it? Nancy read this poem for me last week, and it was so deeply moving. It's called Wife Takes a Vacation. And it made her think about those years when our kids were really small, and it might be embarrassing for her to ask for somebody else to serve her, because the message that our world often gives to a young mom is you're just supposed to do that all the time and not think about yourself. Here's the poem. If you will hold my world for me a while, I'll fetch you golden apples from Hesperides. You might know that old myth of Hercules going off to do that. Nor think I'll try to trick you into holding it forever. I need a little trip to polish up my wits. My heart is tired, too. And eyes are not so bright from looking on these same familiar things so long. This beauty's dimmed by habit and care. I shall come back and bring you some of all I saw and all I felt. My happiness will overflow on you. And all these usual things will have their loveliness born anew. And it may be that you know of a young mom or an elderly person or a lonely person for whom life is hard. And you could come and hold their world for a while as Jesus does with us. The magic of life, the deep glue that holds relationships together, the foundation of all community, 
He's just serving. It's just service. And if that's not your deal, got another one tomorrow. Welcome home. Hey, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us here at Become New. We hope that these videos help you to grow spiritually one day at a time. If you want to access our whole library of videos, or if you want to subscribe to the daily emails or text messages that go along with each video, head on over to becomenew.com and you can let us know there. We're also preparing some exclusive leadership content. So if you're interested in that, you can let us know at becomenew.com leadership. And lastly, if you've got a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. You can let us know by texting it to 855-888-0444. See you next time.